Hi, it's been a while. Welcome to an ep- another episode of the Attack of the B-Movies podcast with me, your host, Johnny. Uh, it has been a while. I've had um, lots, of things, lots of things going on. Um, I have a new baby. That's been the bulk of it. But, you know, holidays and then that and getting the house ready and everything. It, it took a long time to get stuff situated. Um, hoping to come back and hoping to continue doing more of these. Um, so today we're picking up with a movie that... Uh, wow, let's see. I don't even know where to begin. It, it, it was a movie written by two students at um, the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology. They filmed the borrowing cameras from there, and it was uh, it cost hundred or fifteen hundred dollars Canadian to film back in nineteen ninety, which probably was about back then, maybe seven hundred fifty dollars American, something about that way, something out there. Um, the movie is called The Final Sacrifice. It also was known as The Quest for the Lost City. And it's funny it was known as something else because I found it on YouTube. It came out on, I want to say, VHS and Laserdisc. Uh, Good luck finding either. I have never seen it for sale anywhere. And I'm sure if you find it, it's going to be a lot of money, even though the movie's pretty much... Well, you heard about it. You'll, You'll find out. So, like I said, it was filmed by... It was written and directed... Well, it was filmed... It was written in, by two classmates, um, Christian Malcolm and Bruce Mitchell, and actually I think three really, Bruce Mitchell, Christian Malcolm, and Tajardus Gridinus. I, I can't pronounce his name. You're really going to have to look it up. Um, it starred, it's funny because it doesn't even, I, I can't even find a full release of who it starred. Uh, let's see. Um Christian Malcolm stars in it. Bruce Mitchell stars in it. Shane Markow, Ron Anderson, Barbara Egan, who's in there. Who, she looked very familiar to me, and I don't know if she was in stuff or not. Randy Vassar, who looks like, um, oh, he looks like uh, one of the old football players from the Dolphins. Uh, Catherine O'Connell. I mean, it basically, then basically just a ton of extras. So with all the extras... Well, the movie focuses on a cult, so there's lots of extras, which explains a lot. So, anyways, that's that's who it stars, who it was written by, and it was um, directed by J- Jardis, I guess his name would be. It's T-J-A-R-D-U-S, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, music was by Robert Skeet, never heard of him. Cinematography was by Jim Stacy. I didn't know there was cinematography. Um, it was edited by J- or Jardis also. Uh, he went. It, it says in the film it's edited by the Flying Dutchman, but it's him. It was released in 1990. It's not a long movie. It's about 78 minutes. Like I said, I found it on YouTube and watched it that way. So, uh, at this point, I don't know if you'd ever find it anywhere. Uh, it, so, anyways, the plot of this movie, it, it's basically an old school... They, tr- they tried making an old school adventure film in the style of... Like, I'm saying old school, but I'm going to use an example that's not old school, but Indiana Jones, right? So... This boy, uh, Troy McGregor, who's played by Christian Malcolm, I believe. Let me double-check that. Yeah, Troy McGregor is played by Christian Malcolm. He, uh, well, before that, movie opens, and this guy's running through the woods. He's getting chased by some cultists. Now there's snow on the ground. It's Canada. Uh, the cult leader is wearing a trench coat. Everyone else is wearing a mask and, like, a sleeveless shirt. Combat boots and pants. Now... I'm from Chicago. It gets cold here. It's 31 degrees right now, and it's April still. So, um, 
Sorry about that. I only turned the TV down. So, because you might have been might have been hearing my Mr. Science Theater episode I was watching. Anyways, um, it's National 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 Beer Day too. So give me a moment. Uh, anyways, it, so it's cold here, and I go out and walk the dog for ten minutes, five ten minutes with no no jacket on, but I have a short sleeve shirt. So it must have sucked filming this. But they're chasing this guy down, and um, they don't show it, but you hear a gunshot and you see birds fly out of the forest. Okay, so we flash forward. I think it's seven years later. Five, seven, seven years later, maybe. And uh, we find this boy named Troy McGregor. He f- he's scavenging in the attic of his house. He finds a uh, a map that belonged to his father. And we find out that his father was named Thomas, and he was an archaeologist. And he died after he uh, ended up being involved with this cult, right, that I mentioned earlier. The cult is uh, led by a man named Satoris, who was played by Sean Marco. And I guess he has supernatural powers. I mean, he, we find out he kind of controls people's dreams and stuff, so he must have some kind of power. It's never really fleshed out. It's not like he shoots lightning and lasers or anything out of his hands or eyes or anything. So anyways, um, Troy lives with his aunt. Troy wants to find out about They never really say what happened to Troy's mom, to be honest. They never mention it at all. Um, anyways, yes, it's not really important to the story, but... So Troy decides that he's going to find out what happened to his dad. So he starts studying this map. And uh, we then find out that Satoris has sensed that the map has been found, I guess. And he knows where it's at. So he sends, his, he sends the cult leader or some cult members to go find, uh, find the map. And he goes with them, actually, too. So instead of just kicking in the door or something... Well, first, Troy, like, he's eating, like, some food, and he's in the kitchen, and he senses something's weird, and he picks up a baseball bat, because, like, he thinks he hears something out, out of the window, and he looks out of the window, and he doesn't see anything, but there's a cult a cultist there. So the cultist grabs his arm, and Troy hits him with a bat and knocks him out, which is really hard to believe, because this, this this kid makes, uh, no offense, Troy, but, dude, back then you made uh, Tobey Maguire look buff. So he, um, he knocks him out, and... He hears a chainsaw, and he runs into the basement. Now, he's got the map with him. So he's in the basement, and you hear the chainsaw, and they open... They, why they didn't just kick open the door? Why they need the chainsaw in? I, I, I don't know. So they chainsaw the door down, and uh, the cult leader and the cultist comes in, and the cult leader calls him by name and says, I, I found... You know, I, we find you. Give me the map. Everything will be... You know, you need to give me the map. Everything will be fine. You know, the typical thing. So Troy escapes and he hops on a bike and he's take he takes off and uh, the cultists who really all have shitty cars no I'm guessing budget had a big thing to do with it too and um, I think they were all Ford Torinos they even looked like but they're chasing him in what I know is a black Ford Torino and he uh, he escape he's racing through the town and he jumps off the bike and he goes running and he jumps in the back of a truck that we found that we we see the truck a little earlier. And we find out it's um, ri- driven by a gentleman named... Gentleman, why did I say that? By Zap Rousdauer. Zap Rousdauer has this, like, total hockey, like, blondish-brown hair, curly, bushy mustache, long, like, just hockey helmet or mullet, whatever you want to call it, haircut. I mean, it's... it. The movie was filmed in 1990. This guy looked like he was from 1979, 80. Uh, and he's played by Bruce Mitchell. So he hops in there and he takes off and the 
the he eventually finds him in there, and he's like, "What the hell are you doing there?" The truck breaks down. I, I, he lost him. He lost him before he got in the truck, so they didn't really know he was in the truck. Did he? Eh, yeah, I just watched this. Did they? That's how that's how memorable the movie is. So, anyways, the truck breaks down. Rosdara finds him back there, and he's like, "Hey, why don't you sit up front?" You know, and um, he gets the truck uh, running again. And Rosdara is kind of a drifter, and he's an alcoholic. So this is perfect for National Beer Day, right? So they get the truck running again, and uh, Zap's talking to him a little bit and asking him what he's doing, and, you know, he's like, I don't believe in the cult, I don't believe in this, you know. And they get to this gas station, and uh, Zap goes to, uh, he calls the police, and he's like, listen, this, I found this kid in the back of my truck. You need to pick him up. And obviously they're asking, well, why is he there? And he's like, I don't know why he's there. I didn't, I, he's just there. So in the meantime, the cult, we see a Torino pull up or come down the street, and Troy takes off in the, in the, in the truck, and Razdauer Razda runs after it and jumps in the truck. And they're getting chased by the cultist, and uh, Razdauer's, they're, like, they're, getting shooting, they're getting shot at, and uh, in typical movies fashion, no one's getting hit. So uh, Razdauer throws a flaming like milk crate of like bottles or something at him, and uh, somehow it like causes them to lose control. The cult leaders drive off down a hill, and then crash into like a stream, and it shows them when they're dead. But it's just the two cultists that are dead. So later we see the two of them. They're in the countryside again, and. Um, they're talking about the cult, and it's called the Ziox Civilization. And supposedly the Ziox Civilization existed in Canada, in Alberta, before anybody else. And we all know this is, like, bullshit. And that they had this, you know, technologically advanced, uh, you know, civilization, I guess. So they talk a little bit, and they go to bed. The next morning they wake up, and the truck won't start again. And um, so they... Uh, they start walking around, and uh, they end up in this, um, they find this hidden cave, right? And the cave has, like, stuff related to the cult, and it's stuff that's on the map. So Razdauer, of course, is like, you know, okay, I'll help you out. And we find out, we find out they're getting chased by the cult still, and uh, Razdauer gets knocked out. Troy escapes, they, Razdauer eventually escapes too, and they meet up again, and they're running, and they find, they see this, uh, just this, like, beat-up old shack house, right? Middle of nowhere. So they hide under the house, like in the crawl space. And they go they go inside after the cult leaves, and this guy, Mike Pipper, comes down the stairs. And he's played by Ron Anderson. And during this time, Rosdar's jacket got ripped. And it has this uh, he's got a tattoo symbol of the cult on his on his shoulder. So He's trying to say we were just getting chased by the cult. And, you know, he'd already explained to Troy that, you know, seven years ago he was part of the cult. He's not part anymore. He, he's there. I guess it's implied he came back to try to stop Satoris from doing what he was supposed to do. And uh, this is when we find out more about the Zeox. And this is where Pipper talks about how the Zeox were. Well, before I'm getting ahead of myself. So um, Rosdar uses Troy's full name. And Pipper recognizes his name. We find out Pipper was actually Troy's father's partner. And he's been hiding in the woods for the last seven years. And he explains that the cultists are, are supposed to be the last descendants of the Zeox uh, civilization who inhabited the area long before the Indians. 
excuse me, and their civilization was destroyed by their god in the month-long rainstorm because they turned to worshiping unholy idols. He also says that the Ziax had built a great city that was more advanced than anything that the Egyptians or Romans ever knew. And he believes that Satoris wants to raise the buried city. And the legend is once the buried city is raised, it will restore power to the Ziax and, I'll, and he'll be able to conquer or rule the world. So, Rosdauer leaves the two of them alone, and uh, Pipper tells Troy that Rosdauer was there tonight. His father was killed. And it's funny because you don't see Pipper there at all in the, those scenes. And that um, he's like, he's not, he tells him, you know, Troy goes, did he kill my father? And Pipper goes, I'm not sure, you know. But he was there. So Troy goes, or they all go to sleep, and uh, we hear, or we see a, a dream flashback Rosdauer is having. And it's, we find out that Satoris can control him or communicate through the tattoo and he really he relives the night that the um that he got the tattoo and he's being tormented and when he wakes up uh we find out that troy was captured by satoris and the cult which they don't really say how because pipper has a shotgun pipper's in the house rosnar is in the house troy just is gone so we find out that satoris has the map he wants to use the map to find an ancient idol and that he wants to make Pipper, not Pipper, Troy, the final sacrifice. And the, using him as the final sacrifice will give power to the civilization, the city of Rizgana. And that's really about uh, the gist of the movie. The ending's, well, I mean, watch it. It's, it's, it's just over an hour, what, 78 minutes? Hour, 20 minutes or so. Just give it a watch. Um... Uh, for the massive amount of failings and low budget, I've seen worse. It's not an original idea. It's not fantastic special effects. It's 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 not any of that. But it's yeah, I want to say watchable, but that's that's tough too. But for me, it was watchable. I don't think it's a hideous movie. I mean, if we were on a five star rating system, because I forgot what star rating system we were using before. We're talking like one and a half, you know. I mean, it's it's bad, but what makes it what makes it watchable is that the is that um, what's his name, Rosdauer, played by Bruce. Uh, what was the guy's name? I just said it, Bruce, Bruce Mitchell. Is just like hilarious. He's just he's just funny to watch. Like you're like this guy can't be the hero. The guy's like out of shape. Uh, he, he he's just an alco- you know like I said he's an alcoholic, much like myself, and um. It's just kind of funny, you know. You're watching it going, eh. Now, like I said, it was it was a student pro- uh, it was a project film by Jardis um, from the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology. Fifteen hundred Canadian dollars. Uh, cameras are borrowed from the school, and um, I guess he's gone on to direct like making of documentaries and some of the films that uh, Michael Mann is. Uh, he's directed some of the films of Michael Mann. Uh, I, I guess Malcolm, Christian Malcolm, has actually worked on stage a little bit. And Bruce Mitchell, I guess, has worked on stage as an actor and a musician. So, eh. Who knew? The film was filmed in uh, in Water Valley, Alberta. And that's really about it. Uh, another side note to this one. This was actually a movie that was done on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, I've watched both versions. And 
Their version's much funnier to watch, granted. But I liked watching it without them just to see... Because, you know, they leave parts out, too. They don't always show the whole movie. Just like I do, I leave parts out mainly on purpose. Uh, they left parts out for time. But um, their version's hilarious to watch. No, I, I can't even lie to you about that. Yeah, it looks like Christian Malcolm's been uh, <laughs> the final sacrifice in 1990, and then nothing till 2001. But, I mean, he's had some small roles. Intimacy, Band of Brothers, Night Flight, I Shouldn't Be Alive, Sex with the Finkels. And a movie called Hannah from 2011. So he's been doing a few things. And it's nice to see him doing stuff, you know. Uh, the guy that played Mike Pipper is working to this day, too. I thought he would have been long gone because of his age, but I guess not. So, anyways, that is the final sacrifice. I will tell you to watch it, and it is expected to be as bad as anything I've recommended. Um... <laughs> And because it's bad, just remember that it's bad and that, you know, you're watching it because it's bad, I guess, right? I mean, that's why we watch these. We drink and watch these bad movies. Anyways, that's enough rambling on for me. Uh, clearly, I have not been, uh, I haven't been doing this in a while, so I'm not sure how to end anymore. But anyways, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you later.